Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. If you are new here, I'm Sarah Jane Case. This is Enneagram and Coffee, and we talk all about self-care, personal growth, creativity, and lots of Enneagram talk mixed in there as well. So I am so glad you're here. I am so glad to be back. This is the first podcast I've recorded in over a month, and it's unreal. I was so tired (laughs) at the end of 2022. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to ever rest enough to have fresh ideas, fresh insight, excitement, and friends it pulled through like in the last hour, honestly, like I feel like I, something just clicked for me the final week of sabbatical where everything just lit back up again. And I think, you know, well, just in case you're new here, I I just took a 30 day sabbatical. Um, I typically do take time off of the podcast between seasons. So we are here for season four and I am finally rested again. I've, I'm so excited. I have so many ideas for the podcast, so many like new plans and concepts for every area of content that I create. And I am just, uh, I'm so relieved to be me again, kind of, you know, it's like I kind of came back to life. So I'm so excited. Welcome back. I'm so excited to be back. I just want to give you a little bit of a warning that I might be sipping coffee while we talk. I'm on my third attempt to make a coffee this afternoon because things are just weird, okay? I got a coffee pot for my birthday and I'm obsessed. If I've had every possible way of making coffee that you could fathom, okay? Like I have, we have an espresso machine, we have a French press, we have a pour over, we have a Chemex. We have a mocha pot, we have a Keurig, we have an espresso machine, or we had an espresso machine. Um, We have everything, every possible way you could dream of, except for an AeroPress, because one time I burnt myself using it and never again. But we have everything, and we didn't have a coffee pot. We didn't have just like a normal coffee pot, and I found myself using the Keurig way more than I planned to. I kind of bought it as like a supplemental, you know, maybe sometimes it would be nice to just make a cup of coffee. 
And I found that in the winter, especially, I was using it a ton. So for my birthday, I asked my husband to buy me a coffee pot as one of my gifts. And all of that to say, we've been drinking coffee in the mornings and it's been amazing. And this afternoon I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna make a cappuccino. So I go to make my coffee in the espresso machine, but the espresso machine needs to be cleaned and the espresso tasted so bad. And I was like, I don't wanna like take time away from work to figure out how to make it good. And so I gave up and then I was like, well, I'll just do black tea. And so I made some tea but it was a tea I've never had before and it was not for me. It had like black currant in it, which I think probably is really good. But for me, it was just a little too sharp. And I was like, I'm not going to drink this. And it is a rainy day and I'm like coffee. I just coffee. I need to make a pot of coffee. It just feels weird to make a pot of coffee just for myself. But... I just need to get over that because that's ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, we're finally, you know, with a, a coffee, a caffeinated beverage that I can drink. But, you know, I've got to record. We're going to we're going to multitask. OK, so sorry if you hear some sipping sounds. <laughs> All right. Um, so we are back for our first coffee chat of the new year. I knew that I wanted to switch things up for the podcast this season. And one of the ways is I'm just changing up the structure of our mon- like our, our Monday catch-ups. Um, this is typically a time where we get to catch up on like what's going on behind the scenes, share with you what I'm thinking about, what I'm learning. And I'm just kind of restructuring it. So the way that I want to do it is I want to talk about, you know, what I'm thinking about right now, some good things that are going on in my life, you know, kind of what's, what are some highlights or major things that happened the past week. And then we're going to talk about what I'm feeling vulnerable about right now, what I'm feeling proud of. And I do this thing called core desired feelings. And what that means is... It's from the work of Danielle Laporte, and she kind of suggests to set your goals based off of how you want to feel, not what you want to accomplish. And so I do this every month. I pick three core desired feelings, and then every day I just check in with how would I like, how could I help myself to feel that way today? And so in our coffee chats, I'm going to talk through that with you a little bit as well. And then every week I'm going to talk about this is what I want my self-care to look like in the coming week. And here's what's going on in the podcast this week. So that's kind of the gist of what's going to happen. My hope is that it is a way for us to bond, to get a little bit closer, for you to know me a little bit better, but also potentially a place for you to do these check-ins with yourself, you know, to really ask yourself, what are some good things going on for me this week? Um, What are some things that you're thinking about? What is some, you know, what happened for you last week? What are you proud of? What do you feel vulnerable about? What are your core desired feelings? So hopefully it can be an invitation into this kind of relationship with yourself as well. So my three good things this week are number one, candlelight. I have been all of sabbatical ever since we took the Christmas trees down. I have been candle obsessed. Okay. It's because I'm trying to stave off seasonal depression. <laughs> I just want to feel um, not not like everything is dim. You know, the darkness 
the sun rising later, setting earlier, that can be really hard. But it turns out with some candlelight and some lamps and some fairy lights around your living room, like everything's going to be fine. (laughs) So I've gotten really into my like, I have like a little candle routine where I like light certain candles at certain times of the day. This is so neurotic, but it is so nice. Like it's made me feel like I'm part of seasons, you know, it feels a little bit more like back in the day when the seasons really impacted us much more. We're going to talk more about that in a minute, but yeah, candlelight, um, (laughs) that's it. I light candles when we wake up and it's not, the sun's not risen yet. And then I turn them off or like blow them out when the sun rises. But then when the sun starts to set for us, it's like around 5 p.m., I light all of the candles, I turn on all of the fairy lights in our house and all of the unscented ones. And it just makes our house feel so warm and so cozy. And then after dinner, once we clean the kitchen, I light all the scented candles. That way like it kind of gets the smell of food out of the house, it kind of makes the evening feel more cozy and it just kind of changes the mood. I don't know, it's very nice. And um, that's a good thing for me right now. The second good thing for me are mason jars. I'm drinking out of one right now. And I was just thinking, man, they're so useful. We have them all around our house holding so many things. We have like oats in one. We have our dish soap in one. (laughs) I'm drinking water out of one. Like they do everything. Thanks, mason jars. And then third is learning how to knit. I just started learning how to knit last week. I got my, that was the other thing I asked for for my birthday was the supplies to learn how to knit. So my husband bought me like needles, a little container, and then some yarn, and then like a pattern that I could follow. And so I've been learning how to knit a scarf and it's been, it's been a delight. So that's kind of the good things going on. And as a reminder, if you don't know, if you haven't been here a while or haven't heard me talk about it, I do good things instead of gratitude because for a long time I would try to write these gratitude lists and it was really coming from the space of, I need to just feel happy. I need to feel good. I need to feel happy all the time. Gratitude is so important. And then I would sit down to write these gratitude lists and I would be like, having a house, having a roof over my head. Like I felt like it had to be like this formal, like noble thing where I was really grateful for things that you're supposed to be grateful for. Like my family, time with loved ones, like, you know, like the stereotypical things that you're supposed to appreciate. So by changing it to, I used to do like 10 good things lists And and just if I was in a really crummy mood, I would just do like a 10 good things list. Like what are 10 good things? Like right now, in this moment, it feels like there is nothing to be happy about. There's nothing to be grateful for. And I would sit down and I'd be like, what are just 10 simple, easy, good things? And that made it so much lighter and less intense, right? Like I could be like candlelight, mason jars, windows that look out over mossy yards, you know, a rainy Tuesday. And it could be anything, you know, instead of it having to be this big formal to-do. Okay, coffee is so good, y'all. We're sleeping on it. I mean, none of us are sleeping on it. It quite, it actually makes it pretty hard to sleep. 
So that's interesting. Anyway, so this week what I've been thinking about is the magic of seasons. Um, just the beauty that comes with like fully embracing a season instead of resisting it. And I think that's been like me and winter have had a really tumultuous relationship. Um, you know, just feeling like I can't wait for it to be over. I don't want it to arrive. Fall would hit and everybody would be so excited about fall. And I would be like, wait, y'all, this just means winter is almost here. Like, I'm not happy. I, that crisp in the air, it feels looming and aggressive, you know? But once I really am like trying to embrace the seasons, that includes winter. And I'm trying to really fall in love with the time and, and falling in love with it actually makes it more enjoyable. Surprise, surprise. But I think for what I was, what I would do before is I would try to live as if it's summer in winter and then be frustrated that that was hard, right? Like I would try to go out as much as I would go out before. I would try to spend time outside or I feel like I was supposed to spend time outside. I would try to produce as much work as I was producing before. And my everything in my being was saying like, we don't want to do this. This isn't right. But I, I couldn't conceptualize that I am not a machine. Like I am not supposed to stay the same. And no matter what's happening around me, I think for a long time, that's how I thought. Like I thought I show up every day and no matter what's happening around me, I'm going to be who I am, doing what I do. And I really was actually probably in like 2015, I started to live cyclically by my menstrual cycle, which kind of mimics the seasons. So, you know, our, our menstrual phase is like winter. The follicular phase is like spring. The ovulatory phase is like summer. And the luteal is like fall. So you're kind of preparing for going inward, kind of cozying up. And what I started living that way because I, I learned that through like really embracing these cycles, we could really work with ourselves, right? In the menstrual phase, we are more inward. We're lower energy. We have less um, ideas and excitement. We're much more like internal kind of just cocooning. But then we come in the follicular phase, it's like we start to come back to life. I remember like I would get energy back. It was like the day after I would start to get ideas and energy. I would feel, you know, much more responsive. And then the ovulatory is like summer, right? We're like out in the world. We're ready to be seen. We're feeling ourselves. We're magnetic. We we have energy for things. And then we hit that luteal and we start to kind of go down again. We're working toward like how can we wind down? And through living into that and practicing that, I was able to practice what it feels like to be part of nature. What does it feel like to admit that I'm an animal and that like I am not going to consistently show up every single day the exact same way because I wasn't even built to do that. That's not even how I'm structured as a being. And so with that being said, that's my first like entry point into like, what does it look like to be cyclical or season seasonal? And I really believe it taught me to accept the inevitable changes of energy inside of myself, right? Instead of treating myself like a machine that's supposed to just show up every single day the same exact way. 
So that was my like first entry point. And then in 2020, we got locked in our houses or I locked myself in my house and no one forced me to do this, but I chose to stay in, in. And this was really the first time that I paid attention to the changing of the season. Like I really like saw the leaves change for the first time. I paid attention to the leaves like really falling off the trees. I noticed when the hydrangeas started to bloom and it was really this beautiful time of just noticing the world around me because for so long I've just been someone who like works and you know I mean there were years where I would wake up in the morning leave at five in the morning go work at a coffee shop I'd work at that coffee shop until like two in the afternoon and then I'd I'd you know, do a little bit of self-care at the coffee shop. And then I would work from like three until nighttime on personal projects or photography work. And then I would maybe go out to dinner with a friend or go out for a drink with a friend. And then I would go inside and go to sleep. And that was my day. And like, there's no time in that world to see the trees or to pay attention to the sunrise or the sunset. And I'm grateful for those seasons, right? Of those times of my life because it's part of my journey. It's part of what got me here. But at the same time, 2020, you know, it was the first time that I was like, whoa, (laughs) the world is incredible. Look at the, like when fall comes, the squirrels start to like scurry around like crazy and grab all the acorns. And like, I like all summer long, they're here, but then in the fall, they just go crazy because they're like, storing up all this stuff and I knew that intellectually right like I I learned that in school like obviously squirrels prepare for winter but watching it happen in real time is it's crazy it's it's amazing it's a miracle right so anyway in 2020 I grew an appreciation for the seasons as you can probably hear in my voice but then you know that kind of built into something a little bit more I moved into reading by season this summer So this past summer, I was like, I just want, I want to like take all the rules and restrictions off of myself and just kind of have a summer of pleasure. And I did this because like my kid's out of school, so our life wasn't as restrictive as it kind of needs to be in the school year. And I was like, this is a really good time for me to like not make my bed, to not set an alarm. You know, I work for myself. I have that flexibility that I tend to never take. And I wanted to just know what, who am I if I'm not constantly fixing myself, right? And so I took the summer of pleasure and in part of the summer of pleasure was to read only beach reads. I was like, I'm not gonna like try a personal growth this summer. I'm not gonna try to intellectually stimulate myself. I just wanna like be entertained and have fun and feel good. And I just gave myself that freedom And that was kind of another element of like, well, of seasonality, of embracing the the nature of summer. Well, and then in the fall, you know, summer felt so good that I was like, what if I start planning out my quarters by season instead of like fiscal quarters? I used to plan out my quarters January, February, March, April, May, June. But then I was like, if I start thinking in terms of seasons, then I can start planning my life based off of the energy that it's available to me throughout the year. And I can also set some bucket lists that are seasonal. 
and really just kind of try to make the most of every single season. So I started planning in the fall and I made up my own seasons because I know it's much more complicated than this. But to me, fall is September, October, November. And winter is December, January, February. Spring is March, April, May. Summer is June, July, August. So that's how I do it. So I started planning this fall by season and I fell in love with it. And then winter came. And I was like, this is my kryptonite. This is the one that I cannot survive. This is the season I can't appreciate fully. I'm not really nostalgic when it comes to Christmas. Like that's not something that like I have a lot of childhood memories around. And so I just, winter's just kind of, you know? And so I was like, how am I going to make winter delightful? And I really was like, I want to embrace Huga. Um, I read the book of Huga back in, gosh, like 2018, maybe 2019. And at the time I was like, oh, this is neat. And then I went to Copenhagen in 2019. So I read the book in 2018. I went to Copenhagen in 2019 and it's so different to be there and to be like, oh, this is what it looks like in practice. Um, you know, there's a lot, so many like natural elements. There's a lot of wood. There's blankets everywhere, even like at cafes outside, like on patios, they would put blankets on all the chairs. There's like candlelight everywhere. Like in America, we have so many like fire safety laws that you just don't see candlelight, like real candles. It's very, it feels so much more rare. But in Copenhagen, like coffee shops just had candles lit in the morning, like casually and that's so magical and I just was like man this is so good and in the winter it's kind of like this is how we survive you know so I knew I wanted to bring in all those candles I wanted to bring in fairy lights once the Christmas lights went down um we're just I'm you know picking up knitting I have like all these like blankets around and just really trying to embrace like the art of being cozy and it's helping so far it's helping. And now I'm planning for spring. I'm thinking about like, what do I want March to be like? What do I want my house to look like? What do I want my hobbies to look like? And it's giving me so much joy having something to think about in that way, something to look forward to, something to invigorate my life on a regular basis. So now I'm just, you know, planning out totally different lives for myself every single season. So I wanted to run through kind of what those look like for me or what I intend for them to look like or what they have looked like. And uh, maybe it'll give you some ideas. Maybe you have some ideas for me that you can share. I would love anything you, any insights or thoughts you have about this. Very interested. So winter, like I said before, it's like all huga. So I like to coordinate my reading by season now. So winter for me is memoirs and short stories and essays. It's very like, like short form reading. And I'm doing, my hobbies are going to be, or have been reading. I'm journaling a lot more right now. Obi and I are reading a book together, reading The Artist's Way together. Um, knitting, which, you know, like natural elements, kind of putting, doing something with my hands. It's an indoor hobby. <laughs> and then um, cooking, like warming meals, like a lot of curries and soups and warming foods. And then 
our house, like kind of making our house feel like winter. It's like all the candlelight. We put flannel sheets on our bed. We put fairy lights up. We've got the blankets everywhere. And we're just really embracing like natural elements, even to the point where like I'm picking a mug for the seasons now. So I have a mug that my friend Shannon sent me after my dad passed away. It's very comforting. It's a hand warming mug. And that's like my winter mug. It's like ceramic. It feels really natural. It feels really good to hold. Um, and then I'm just in general in winter prioritizing cocooning and slow living and pacing myself and not focusing as much on like what I want in terms of like being seen in visibility and growth, but more so on introspection, thinking about where I'm going, what I want and making my life more of more balanced, you know, and kind of using this time as a balancer to my normal high energy, high pace lifestyle. And then spring. So for spring, I want to be reading classics. So like classics that I have never read before. And that's a range, right? Classic is kind of a subjective term. The books that I've caught so far that are on my list to read are Little Women, Franny and Zoe. Um, I have Mary Oliver Devotions. I have The Secret History by Donna Tartt. And so many more on the list. I think either Emma or Jane Eyre or Persuasion. I don't know which one of those. And then also poetry, just reading poetry. Those two things feel so spring to me. Like I just envision like all the sisters of little women like sitting out on a hill on a blanket reading books out loud to each other or, um, you know, reading poetry in Uncle Lynn. <laughs> like it all feels so spring. And so I just want to like really embrace that. And then I'm looking like the hobbies that I tend to have in spring are like gardening, houseplants, and I tend to paint more when it's warm outside because I like to paint outdoors. Um, and then in our home, fresh flowers, greenery, lots of herbs. I want to bring in lots of like eucalyptus and lavender plants. I want to create like a little herb garden in our kitchen window. Um, and then just like prioritizing being creative, getting outside, feeling um, invigorated, kind of that energy that I have to put myself out there, you know, launching more things, putting myself out there more. Then in the summer, um, I'm doing the summer of pleasure again, right? Just like our, our family has less structure. So I'm going to embrace that instead of working against it, right? Like if my kid doesn't have to be up at 630, I'm not going to force myself to be up at 615. And, you know, I'm going to let myself just sleep until I wake up. Uh, I want to read beach reads again. That was so fun last year. Uh, hobbies in general in the summer tend to be like being near the water, traveling, playing tennis, um, doing things outside. I want to get back into playing basketball this year. I love basketball and I just want to, I want to play more of that. Um, and then I also want to move from scented candles to incense for the summer. I really love incense, but I prefer it when the windows are open. I think it's nicer that way. Um, the other thing I, I happened to me when I was in Bali, um, I realized that it smelled really familiar every morning and it's because in India it smelled the same way every single morning when I when I had traveled there and it's because both of them are Hindu dominant countries 
And in that religion, they do offerings in the morning. And so those offerings typically have incense. And so these whole towns of like this whole city outside just smells like earth and incense. It's so beautiful. And so I bought some incense from Bali that is a little bit strong for me to burn indoors. So one warm day that we had here, I burned some outside. We just opened our windows and let it kind of drift in. And I was like, oh, that's going to be me every day in the summer. So in the summer, we're going to move to incense. And I'm just going to prioritize flexibility, pleasure, and play. And then in the fall, we're going to read magical books and thrillers. My hobbies in the fall are definitely tennis. But we're also getting back into winter hobbies like knitting, making soups, baking, really cozying things up in the house again, making things much warmer. And then I want to prioritize just like wrapping things up, you know, like the garden, major projects around the house, major projects in the business, spending time outside while the weather still allows it, and just uh, being, you know, being prepared for the time again where we go back in the cocoon and we do the cycle all over again. Um, So I'm gonna talk a little bit about benefits of living seasonally. So the first one for me is that it just keeps my life interesting and invigorating, right? It's like, right as I start to think, man, I'm so tired of winter, I'm so tired of being inside, this weather is a bummer, I can remember, oh my gosh, I only have one more month left to really embrace this like time of being cozy and inward. And if I embrace it, I really appreciate it. And then it starts to feel like, oh no, I don't want it to end. But then when I it, uh, I start to think about, well, when it does end, I have spring, you know, and there's so much beautiful stuff to think about spring. And so it just kind of makes me really grateful for every moment. Every season feels purposeful and meaningful. And I feel like I'm part of nature. Which brings me to point two, which is that it honors the ever-changing nature of being human. We are not machines, right? Like we shift and change. And as I started to change my routine based off of the season, like my morning routine changes, my work routine changes, like who I am, I'm trying to calibrate as much as I can to the season that I'm in. It's truly honoring the part that like we are part of nature, like we're not meant to operate as robots. Like we get to shift and change and it's a cycle, right? Um, we'll talk more about that in a second as well, but that's my, that's point number two. Number three is that it helps me to really pay attention to my life, to notice things, to be in the present moment, you know, waking up in the morning and lighting my candles. It's like this tiny meditation every day on I'm, I'm here for the day as the day is. I'm not here to tell the day what I want it to be. And finally, it honors that everything in nature has cycles, including us. Uh, Allowing those cycles to flow versus trying to make them what we want them to be, um, it reminds us that all things end and all things begin, right? Like as As soon as I start to fear that winter will never end, I have to remember that spring always comes. 
And just as spring will definitely end, summer will always arrive. And every season has something that it's offering us, something for us to learn. And if we allow the season to impact us, we it, it's beautiful. It's this beautiful thing. But if we resist the season and its ability to impact us, then we'll be in kind of a consistent frustration that could actually be kind of a place of ease. So to me, those are my benefits of living seasonally. Being seasonal has been what's on my mind right now. Let's get into a little bit of what happened last week in my life. So last week I came back from sabbatical. I came back privately at first, so I didn't read down social me- download social media. I didn't have any meetings or interviews. I just kind of quietly tinkered away on my work, which was the perfect way to get back into it because I needed that kind of bridge. It was a pretty abrupt lifestyle change to go from sabbatical to um, back into full-fledged work mode. I've also set myself some pretty um, high expectations of content creation this season. And so um, jumping right back into creating even more content than I was creating before I left um, is, is an abrupt change, but at the same time, I feel so ready for it. Like I feel so rested and energized and I have so many ideas. So that that's so good. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Um, last week, I also read the book, Everything is Bric-a-Brac by Akiko Bush. And it was a really fun read. It was a lot of short style essays. Um, it felt very cozy. It's, I think, a really good winter book if that's your style. I think you could read it in a day if you just sat down and took the time to. It was an absolute delight. And then I started knitting for the first time last week. So I'm, I'm knitting a scarf. I've definitely had some issues arise. I was like adding a stitch every time that I knit. I thought that's what you were supposed to do because it was happening. So I thought, well, this must be what knitting is. It's not what it is. And so I had to figure that out, but it's really, really fun. Um, my husband got me a pattern from Wolf and the gang, and it's really cool because they have their patterns laid out by, um, skill level. So he got me a beginner scarf and then it comes with the wool. It comes with the directions and then they have video tutorials online. So it's, it's a dream. It's everything you could need to learn. So yeah, I'm knitting a scarf first for the kiddo and then I'm going to knit one for me and then one for Obes if winter, if there's enough winter for me to do that. Um, if I can get fast enough to be able to do that. I heard someone say that it took them like six hours to knit a scarf. Um, I'm not there. I'm definitely not there yet, but maybe we'll get there soon. Things that I'm feeling vulnerable about this week. I'm feeling vulnerable about changing up my content for the new season. And I think we should talk about it a little bit. So like you, like you've heard already, coffee chats are changing a bit in tone. I definitely want to talk more about what I'm thinking about than just kind of listing out what I'm doing. So let me know how you feel about that. Um, I'm also kind of reversing the order of which I think about things over here. So normally in the past seasons, the way I've done it is I've, I've really approached most things through the lens of the Enneagram, right? So it's like we talk about what it means to be productive and then we talk about what that looks like for each Enneagram type. And truthfully, that was feeling really repetitive. Um, 
and almost prescriptive, which isn't my goal. And I want us to be in consistent conversation about self-care, personal growth, creativity, and I believe that we can do that better by making the Enneagram part of the conversation, but not the entire conversation. Meaning, this is all Enneagram informed, right? Um, You're more than welcome to ask me questions about the Enneagram. I'm gonna talk about the Enneagram, but it's gonna be the Enneagram is like part of the tools in our tool belt. It's not our entire tool belt. And I really wanna, I have so much that I wanna say and share about like, having a really loving, healthy relationship to yourself, to your growth, and to your creativity, that the Enneagram almost kind of limits my ability to do that. And and I think the Enneagram is this beautiful, amazing tool that has inherent limitations that we need to be able to talk about. We need to be able to discuss. And so um, I want to move in the direction of the container is a health, healthy, loving relationship to who you are, your growth, and your creativity. And the Enneagram is a really amazing tool as part of that. And on Instagram, I'm going to do the same, which is a little bit scarier because we've kind of been doing that here. We're just kind of shifting a little bit. Whereas on Instagram, we're shifting a lot of it. And... Um, yeah, I'm kind of nervous, but you just kind of have to do what you got to do, you know, which brings me to I'm feeling proud of choosing what I think is best for the content, even if it is uncomfortable. Um, I think I had a real season at the end, right before sabbatical, particularly with Instagram of just feeling really burnout, feeling like I'm getting a lot of feedback from people on the kind of content that I'm making. And it was content that I didn't even want to be making. Um, like, and the lists that I do, I think they're really fun. I think they're really funny. I have fun making them, but they're easily misunderstood, um, easily taken too seriously. And, uh, you know, they, they have their limitations and, they perform the best. <laughs> so um, I would feel incentivized to continue making them. And, I, and I'll probably still make some of them. They're fun. But it was just kind of like, I feel like limiting my access to depth and limiting my ability to be fully myself, if that makes sense. So I'm going to work on that. And I'm really proud of myself for choosing that, even though it is hard. And my core desired feelings this week, we're going to do the ones that I had from January, even though we're in February now, but the core desired feelings I had in January were peaceful, present, and gracious. And the ways that I intend to be peaceful this week are working a week ahead. So getting my content, all of my content for all platforms, which for me are podcast, Instagram, YouTube, a blog, newsletter list, and Pinterest. So I want to get all the content for those things made a week ahead so that I am never scrambling, right? So I'm always kind of like a little bit ahead of the game. That that feels so peaceful to me. And then present, I've been unplugging in the morning time. So um, not 
having, I've just been turning my phone directly off in the morning until either lunchtime or until I need it for work for some reason. So that feels really good. That makes me more present in the mornings. And then gracious is all about letting the day be what it is versus trying to make the day what I want it to be. Um, and I think that that includes, you know, that's the same for people, letting them be what they are, not what I want them to be. That includes the seasons, right? Not wanting winter to be summer, accepting winter for what winter is. It includes me letting myself be when I am, loving myself in that place. And it includes my emotions, letting my emotions be what they are instead of trying to fix them or solve them or make them go away. And gracious has been probably the most impactful word for me because I've been checking in every morning and every night of, you know, how can I give myself these feelings today, but then also kind of reflecting on the day and saying, how did those feelings show up for me today? And it's been so good. And gracious, I think, has been the most meaningful one for me. And then this week, what do I want my self-care to look like? I think this is a fun little accountability thing. I can be like, this is what I want it to look like. How did it actually go? (laughs) And so this week, I want my self-care to look like a no-spend week, I think. So we're coming off of Obi's birthday, followed by Christmas, followed by our kid's birthday, followed by my birthday, and we're about to hit Valentine's Day. And y'all, that is a lot of presents. Um, a lot of celebrations and I am a seven, which means I am very tempted and often, um, not great at resisting the temptation to celebrate to the fullest. (laughs) And so, um, I really want to feel like a conscious consumer, not like just someone who buys things because they want them. I want to really put thought into it. And there's something that I really want right now, which is a rice cooker. (laughs) And I think what I want to do is, as a self-care, just say, like, I'm not going to spend all week because, and I call this self-care not because it's a fixing. Something we have to talk about, and we'll probably continue to talk about forever, is, you know, what's the difference between self-care and self-fixing? Because, you know, like, is getting your nails done, is that self-care or is it you know, trying to look good for other people. And I think it can be both, right? Like it depends on why you're doing it. Are you doing it so that people think that you have, that you're like worthy? Or are you doing it because it's nice for you? Um, Self-care you're doing because it's nourishing for you in some way. And for me, no spend week would be so nourishing to me because the like consistent just, Honestly, for me, it's like I'm living out of alignment with my values. If I want to, if like to me, values are conscious consumption and not just like buying things to kind of make myself feel the way I want to feel, then consistently just buying everything when I feel like, oh, I need this thing, I should just go ahead and buy it. That puts me into this kind of autopilot place where I'm living against what feels good to me or what feels right to me. And yeah, it would feel really nourishing to just be like in alignment with my values, kind of have a little bit of a reset and then I probably reward myself with a rice cooker. <laughs> as like a, you didn't just buy it as soon as you wanted it. You like let yourself sit with that feeling and then buy it on purpose. That's the goal. Okay. That's my self-care this week. We'll see how it goes.
And then on the podcast this week, coming up tomorrow, we have, we're starting a new series on self-help myths um, and debunking those myths, starting with that you are your personality type. Wednesday, I'm answering a question texted into the podcast phone line about how our Enneagram type forms. And Thursday, we're discussing what does it mean to be yourself and how do you even know who that is? And then Friday, I'm interviewing Jessica Zweig, author of Be, a no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. Friends, that is what I is happening over here. I want to end today's episode with a quote about living in the present moment by Eckhart Tolle. Unease, anxiety, tension, stress, worry, all forms of fear are caused by too much future and not enough presence. Guilt, regret, resentment, grievances, sadness, bitterness, and all forms of non-forgiveness are caused by too much past and not enough presence. So what is one shift that you can make to embrace the present moment or the present season fully and enthusiastically today? Thank you all so much for joining me, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.